This is the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. One more weekend down. The last weekend in January, I should say. So that's big. I mean, I can't believe we've already gone through a month. Um, Well, February flies by, but it's the worst month of the year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like winter, I feel like February is a winter month. Oh, it's terrible. There's nothing. There's nothing there. Then we got Groundhog Day, February second. You pick Groundhog Day, guy. (laughs) Who cares? It's It's not true. Like, come on, anybody believes that? That that's that's a crock of, you know what? But no, Groundhog Day is a sham. It's like set the tone. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't like. I don't really get it because either see your um, shadow or you don't. But I mean, it's the same thing either way. But. I guess it means a lot for the towns itself that it takes place in. I mean, there's a lot of towns in like the states and stuff where they have like big festivals and they they uh, benefit off of that one specific day. But I guess for like your average Joe on the street, it's like like what's the point, right? Like me personally, I've never really paid attention to Groundhog Day to be honest. I remember in school and stuff when you're growing up and people are like, "Oh, Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day," you know, the Groundhog to get shadow doesn't really matter so no no we'll be back on groundhog day and honestly there what there's what three or four groundhogs now yeah there's no cares what one says when another's gonna see a different thing another's gonna see a different like it's it's dumb it's dumb like (laughs) i don't don't know what to tell you where are they where are they like where do you know where the three are there's like puxatawney phil i think yes Um, wyerton willie who's the og by the way yeah. Um, and there's one somewhere else. I'm impressed that I you don't know the name. Where it is. I'm impressed that you know two out of the three. That's impressive. That'd be hey. Thanks, man. Virtual way, high five. There yep, you go. All in the elbow. As we talked about last week, it's all in the <laughs> elbow. You got to get perfect form. When your elbows point at another elbow, that's a perfect high five. Perfect yeah. level. You can never miss a hand. It's the most awkward situation there is. It, when you shake somebody's hand. And it's like, what are we doing here, right? Because there's so many different ways to shake a hand now. And it's just weird. Yeah. High five is the exact same way. There's nothing worse than missing a hand. It's elbow to elbow, boom. And if you go out, if you're aligned with someone's elbow, it's not your fault if you miss their hand. Mm-hmm. Their fault. Yeah. The other guy. You had Maybe. your guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, Gr- Groundhog Day has as much value as Valentine's Day has for me. What a sham of a day. <laughs> oh my, I'm sorry. Like there no. There's no reason at all to have Valentine's Day. I get it. Oh, you want to go out <laughs> on a date and you want to buy day? flowers. Isn't that a work night? It's There's always on a work 364 night. other days to do that. It is a oh, Hallmark geez. holiday that the Hallmark oh. channel is using to brainwash people. That okay, that's a little maybe not, <laughs> maybe not brainwash, but it's it's I don't know, it's a it's a fad, it's hey, a sham, a it's any other word you want to use. I've I've no interest. I'm anti Valentine's Day, actually. I'm like like if you if y'all remember how I met your mother with Barney Stinson, how he had how he had not a Father's Day to oppose Father's Day. I'm not a Valentine's Day. That's what I celebrate. <laughs> Love it. What a way to start off this show. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're, yeah, I mean, I'm not doing if that. you're, if you're a charmer, you don't need a Valentine's Day. Right. You can do, you can do Valentine's Day every single day. You don't need yeah. it. Yeah. Appreciate go. that. Yeah. Well, there you go. 
<laughs> All right, let's get into it. Uh, we got a lot to talk hockey. about this week. Uh, of course, we're running through the headlines of the week. We're gonna hit our poll to start the to start the show, or else we'll forget about it. Um, yeah, we'll touch on the top prospects. I have a follow up for that, by the way. Um, we will discuss the players of the week, of course, the power rankings as well, and this week marks the return of the featured game. We have a pretty big matchup coming up on Wednesday in the state of Michigan. That will be this week's featured game as it makes its return to the show. I want to go there so bad. I know. So do I. Like Like both places. Like, well, I mean, Hamilton's there late. So there's a possibility we are on. It's a Friday, Saturday. I mean, we'd have to book off the Friday, but it's worth it. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Sarnia Wednesday. Friday. Wednesday midnight. Like middle of the week, that's tough. Yeah, playing in Sarnia, it's just an extra day in the hotel. Yeah, we usually the Bulldogs are pretty good with staying over. Um, they usually do stay over quite a bit. It doesn't really matter what their record is. There's a mm-hmm. lot of teams in the league, and Reese, you see this firsthand. There's a lot of teams in the league where if their record's terrible, it literally mm-hmm. has an impact on if they will stay over or not. I mean, some teams bust right after the game. I mean, Ottawa. Had a very wild trip into Hamilton on Saturday after the game on Friday when they were defeated the London Knights in the shootout. Um, by the way, shout out to Zach Bowen. Oh mm-hmm. my, he's got to be a show guest ASAP. Um, yes, I, like what a player he is. Uh, if it wasn't for a guy in Saginaw who's 15 years old and Michael Misa, um, if he wins, <laughs> if he wins 15 games. Like if he goes if if he goes like fifteen and two, twenty and three, Zach Bowen, he's got to be rookie of the year. If he wins twenty mm-hmm. games, if he goes twenty and three with the save percentage and goals against he has currently, he's got to be rookie of the year. And unless Misa can get over a point a game or point a game or over, then it's his mm-hmm. to lose. But there's a lot of guys in the rookie of the year um, candidacy. It's not just those guys. But Zach Bowen's really coming onto the scene, and that was a very impressive win against the Ottawa 67s yeah. on Friday night for the Knights. But um, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you can almost see already that the London Knights aren't gonna have to look very far for for Brett Brochu's replacement, right? And yes. I mean, I, I mean, the Knights have fully made it aware that they they want to win a championship this year, and of course, you always it's better than last the year. Right? They're always competitive. Time. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think they'll I think they'll be right back in there. Um, next yeah. year with Bowen as the starting goaltender, right? Second year guy is your starter. It's draft year. Yeah. Yeah. It That's doesn't happen very fun. often. Yeah. Um, who knows? We could see it in Hamilton as well with David Igorov. So, um, yeah, those two, who, by the, the way, games. just won tournament MVP for the GOJHL. So, yes, sir, that was big. Um, that was big for Igorov. Igorov looked good in his game too that he played in Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of good veteran goaltenders in this league, and there are a lot of youngsters. That are getting yeah. ready to take over and leaders uh, and as be well. Number ones for a while. Yeah, some yes. leaders as well in uh, Mississauga. There's a fair yeah. amount of young guys um, coming up that are very good uh, goaltenders. Um, and speaking of Ottawa, Ottawa's trip after that game was hectic. Yeah. Um, going, they usually you've hear you've heard this a fair amount from teams like Ottawa and Kingston the odd time too. Kingston's a little bit closer to Belleville, so they'll maybe stay in around Oshawa area mm-hmm. or stay put but ottawa bust after the game to belleville had about four hours of sleep got up went to mississauga their hotels weren't ready um go to 
on Saturday, that is, on the day of the game where they put it at 4 o'clock in Hamilton, then go to a subway. That's all like a – that's all a – don't even know how to word that. Um, catastrophe, I guess you could say. Um, it was all a mess there. Um, then they ended up getting to the game very late. Well, it wasn't very late. No, I was – I was. Uh, it wasn't late, but I, it was I, borderline late. Yeah, I got off that the 403 sense. on due – can't remember if it's I think it's Main Street. Main was towards yeah. So I got off the four hundred three uh, to get onto Main Street, probably right at two, give or take a minute or so. So probably right around there. And I followed the Ottawa sixty sevens bus to right the there. arena. Um, now I this will kind of lead into a little traffic report, not very big, um, <laughs> but thanks to a lot hey. of great drivers out there in front of me um i got stuck behind a couple of lights and the ottawa bus beat me there but uh yeah they they probably got into the arena 205 210 which is i'd say by the time they were late and unable to unable to load the bus so probably about 20 30 minutes late for teams yeah usually 20 usually two hours and 20 minutes two hour two and a half hours at the earliest yeah for games, unless you're going to, unless you're Hamilton going to Niagara, or Niagara going to uh, Hamilton, but mm-hmm. Niagara showed up early to Hamilton when they were there before. I was surprised how early they were, because um, usually it's like two hours before, right? You show up, but I was yeah. surprised when Niagara got there. I know Hamilton shows up usually two hours, mm-hmm. a little bit under, if that. Similar to how Ottawa showed up in Hamilton yeah. um, when they go to Niagara. Well, and <laughs> it's funny. We were joking before the game, and I told you about the story. We were hanging out uh, out uh, down below First Ontario Centre on Thursday night when the Flint Firebirds. Yeah, we got some big news coming up there, by the way. Yeah, we got uh, we got an announcement coming, so make sure you stay tuned to all things um, OHL and 60 podcast and might, uh, the Hammertown podcast. So, am, I allowed, sure. am I allowed to give a little bit of a hint? You could. I yeah. might get a face job. What? I'm gonna, oh, need, a, I'm gonna yeah, need a haircut. Yeah. I'm gonna need it all. Yeah. Got a hint? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I need a haircut. Big fan of that. I don't boy. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Definitely need a haircut for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we have some news that'll be coming uh very, very shortly, we hope. So uh that's big. But anyways, yeah. So I, I stayed down there. Colin had already left and I'd run into uh one of my old bosses, supervisors. I don't know what you want to call him with Rogers TV, uh, Jason Sulier. And uh, yeah, we were talking for probably half an hour, just catching up, just, you know, chatting. And uh, the Flint Firebirds left a little bit early. Uh, um, I'm not going to mention the player that uh, may have missed the bus, but uh, uh, yeah, that is not a good feeling. I've been in that situation, not as a player, but I mean, you know, when I got called up to, take over for Ted Lehman a couple of games last year with the ice dogs. Uh, my post game show in Oshawa after a loss, by the way, usually those are the quickest. I can be uh, a minute. May have gone <laughs> a little bit longer than I probably would have liked and started to get a little worried thinking, Oh crap. They might leave me behind. That would suck. And thankfully I caught the bus by about five minutes. So we were good, but uh, yeah, Flint firebirds um, head count next time. That's a, uh, yeah, that's tough. That's surprising too, because they were in Mississauga the next day. Yeah, yeah, kind it's not like they're right, a huge think, rush. Yeah, yeah, it kind of caught me off guard. I thought like, well, especially well, into the in what the result was in Mississauga. Yeah, and in Hamilton that day. Yeah, 
prior to that game. I mean, what a what a mix of two uh, of two games for them for the Flint Firebirds. Yeah, I mean, you looked really good on Thursday. Um, Thursday, I mean, Amandeus Lombardi, what a pick that is in the fourth round by the Wings. Um, not but not biased. Reese, you and I are Wings fans, but this is the OHL. We talk OHL hockey, not NHL. But um, no, but we also heard the interview he did off, with Reed Duffy after the game. Exactly, and that's where I was going when you the post game interview and the person he is. Um, what a player! Oh, what a player he is! Every time you now you see why he uh, signed his e- ELC deal. Um, you see why he has that entry level contract. Uh, what a player! On and off the ice, probably the best interview I've uh, I've saw this season by a player in game mm-hmm. or post game, I guess. Um, what a gentleman! Um, does said all the right things, does all the right things, which is more important. I mean, you can say all you want, but if you're not doing, um, words really don't mean anything. So, very, uh, very um, composed kid. Uh, very, um, very impressed. Yeah. Very impressive, not just his play on the ice, but off the ice as well. Um, what a player he is. And Flint, Flint could be sneaky good. Friday night wasn't the same result, but total opposite. But I can tell you, Thursday was probably the best road game I have saw by a team all season. Other than the London Knights game in Kitchener back in November, October, November, when they went into Kitchener and won like 4 nothing, that was probably the best road game I've saw. But it was right there. Um, in person this year, that was definitely the best road game I've mm-hmm. saw all season. Flint in uh, Flint and Hamilton. That was a very, um, very impressive road game by the Flint Firebirds. Yeah, yeah, sneaky good. I like that. They could be sneaky in the playoffs. Yeah, well, because well, all Cranley, you got to do is get in. Yeah, Cranley, Cranley's big. Yeah, I think Cranley. I think Cranley's one of those goalies that are underrated because you always think you always think about the Godros, the Bro Shoes. You always think about the big name guys, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't think about the guys that are so consistently good, like the Cranleys. And it's that tier where it's like they're just a step below, right? You don't think of them on that st- with those big guys. And you can put Thornton in there from Barry as well. Yeah. You know, you can put yeah. those types of guys where it's like they're good. They're very good goaltenders, but they don't really get the credit that's deserved. It's And that's the thing with being a goalie, right? You're going to get that. You win games, you don't really get a lot of credit. You lose games, it's all on you. It's yeah. that, and that's what I felt like what Cranley was. I thought the expectations in Ottawa after and coming up after a guy like Andre is very tough. But I thought the expectations for Cranley weren't very fair in Ottawa at times. When you look at the numbers, and especially when you come up after a guy like uh, Andre was for that organization, Di Pietro before that, for that matter. You know, it's it's tough. It's a lot of pressure. But what a goaltender! Um, very steady. And if it wasn't for the first 20 seconds, Hamilton, um, he gets a shutout in that game and a uh, very good performance. I thought by uh, Will Cranley and uh, what a player. I really like his game. He's calm in the net. Um, hopefully he gets a contract of some sorts mm-hmm. at the end of the year. All right. Switching gears. The poll question from last week had to do with jerseys and throwbacks. And I know reverse retro talks about, Oh, what would you bring back in the OHL happened way back at the start of the year. Um, But we don't care. So, (laughs) um, so we kind of put a list together as we chatted about it on the show. I had brought back the Windsor Spitfires, kind of the last jerseys that they wore at the barn. I'm looking for what I tweeted. I know I quote tweeted it with two jerseys. Oh, 
I had the yes. London Knights alternate, um, the green with the Knights going across, black uh, trimmed in black, gold and white and yeah, green. Those are solid. Those were nice. Um, in particular, the era John Tavares era, big jersey there. Yeah. Um, very. I like those jerseys. Those are mine. Then I went with the hammer with the Hamilton Tigers. I know. Um, they're not maybe the great. They're not very the oldest, but they're. I really like those jerseys. In my opinion, they're one of the nicest, most underrated alternates in the Ontario Hockey League. Those two. Um, I also like the one that we got too, the Mississauga St. Mike's Majors. Those were very. Yeah, the those big are, M on the front. I did like those. Those yeah. are very underrated. So those are nice ones too. I forgot about those, but that was nice to get that one um, on there as well. But uh, I like that off white Mississauga with the double shades of blue, the double blue, almost mm-hmm. like the Argonaut blue. But um, I really like the off white with that. Those look very sharp. Um, and I like those jerseys too. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of good ones. I know um, a fair amount of feedback on that um, poll as well. Yeah, we of course had the uh, Oshawa Generals slash Boston Bruin esque like jerseys, um, yeah. as well as the Kitchener Rangers with the uh, with the sheriff on the front. Might as well call him Arbor Jack Eye. Uh, <laughs> well, I thought, yeah. And by the well, way, there's your Kitchener the connection for you. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I like those. Those are solid. I mean, I don't like white jerseys are okay. Like I don't mind them. Um, yeah. obviously I like the color the you can get a little bit more design with the color. Um, but I do, I do like this logo, right? It, you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's it. That's what the Rangers mascot is. It's a Ranger. It's a sheriff. And I don't know. I enjoy it. It's, it's simple enough where it's not too flashy, but also having a full on character on the front is kind of cool. So um we included those three and of course we give you the option to to send in anything else uh windsor spitfire jersey by the way taking by a long shot 66 mm-hmm. percent of the vote uh to the spitfires 27.8 to uh kitchener uh, 5.6 said other no votes for that oshawa generals jersey yeah no love in the schwa yeah i don't know um I think with the new update, I think the like I think in the picture they're outdated. Those, you know, like I think with the like I think it would look better with the new age jersey, like with the CCM, like yeah, modern day. I, I think agree. it would look better. Like it'd be more upgraded, but because there's some jerseys where you see in picture, and it's like, man, those are tough. That's like the Kitchener jersey as well with the white, right? Maybe yeah. with the CCM patches and stuff, it would look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, a little spit, a little stiffy there, so those are nice. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Like, that was a tough pull overall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sticking with jerseys, Colin, I know you're really going to love this and I know Brad's going to love it once he hears it. Yeah. Um, who oh, is the excited? Ones? What? The garbage jerseys? <laughs> who is excited for the Spider Knights jerseys to land in NHL 23 tomorrow? Ah, or today, <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah, today, I guess. Yeah. Tuesday they'll be, they'll be launched. So by the time this is here, you know, what we got to do. We just gotta get. We just gotta start the poll. Just remove these jerseys. The logo, the jersey itself is very nice. I do very, like that concept. I do. I'm yeah, very, I agree. I'm very excited. I am very excited. They're on Chell because you know what's nice about them being on NHL. I can now use that jersey formation and the color, and get rid of that logo. 
So thank you. True. Thank you. Yeah. So I will definitely be getting rid of that logo on uh, the video game whenever I am on it. I will be getting rid of that. And also, by the way, if anyone has an EASHL team, don't be afraid to challenge us. We can play. <laughs> yeah, we can. Let's absolutely. We're adding new players here and there. Not oh, really. absolutely. We just added si- a, one, but... It was deadline season. We had to pull the trigger. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. Um, uh, other things that caught her eye? Yeah, yeah. Colin, you can start us off. Um, okay. Um, maybe, maybe headlines. Yeah, things that caught our eye. Yeah, then after um, uh, the top prospects game, I had a couple yeah. here um, right off the top. Um, Brant Clark, very underrated. I mean, Brant Clark, you saw him get play the week before, and um, it's surprising not this week. I mean, Seal Panmar with the week he had, I mean, he had four points yes on Sunday in, uh, in like, what? Yeah, four period in two periods. Four points in, a, so in 40, 20 minutes. Yeah, so yep. 40 minutes he had that. So that's incredible. Um, incredible performance by uh, Seal Panwire on Sunday, let alone throughout the week. But um, here we go. So I have a couple of tweets here. This come, and this one comes out of Kingston here with Denver Barkey of the London Knights. They played in King, as they played Kingston on the weekend. Um, just want to mention this. So Denver Barkley's family in the London Knights should be very proud of him tonight. After my interview with him, he noticed some fans wanting fist pumps. He came over and did that, but then noticed the kids wearing York Simcoe Express jackets and told them he used to play there. And this is from Alan Edominski, by the way, from the Kingston Frontenacs. Because I got to find the, the second tweet here. Ah, But, oh, here we go. The kids were starstruck and chatted for him five for five minutes, asking about their team and how they were doing. The sports get the sport gets a lot of bad press, but they're great kids playing in the league and don't get the props they should. And that's why I wanted to mention that right off the top. Um, that's what our league's all about. It's about development, it's about um building a success for the future on and off the ice. Um, props to Denver Barkey. That's gotta be mentioned on the show. Um, yeah. any media members from teams that tweet that out, there's a good there's a good chance you are going to be mentioned on the show. Um, any players, we take that very seriously. Any player that does something like that, we want to know those stories, you know. Um, yeah. We try to get all those stories as we can because that's what makes this league so great. So I just want to mention that one right off the top here on things that caught my eye because that is so important. Um, and uh, what a week for um, Denver Barkey on and off the ice with the prospects game as well. Yeah, and that that's part of the reason why we ask – players that we have whether it be on this show whether yeah. it be on the Hammertown podcast that that is the reason why we ask them their advice or you know any advice that they have uh, for younger kids exactly you know whether you know whether it's a 16 year old that we have on the show you know giving advice to 14 year olds or a you know a 20 year old overager who sees a yeah. group of 10 year olds in the crowd right it's it's we want to hear the story behind a lot of stuff from players. And part of that includes that final question that we ask a lot of our guests, because it is an underrated part of the game. Absolutely. Um, It is, you know, and we, we see it in Hamilton all the time, Colin with fans right up against the tunnel. They want autographs. I know I saw Sahil Panwar, you know, after, after the game, Saturday, I guess it would have been Saturday. Um, You know, there's a big scrum at the end of the game. Hamilton wins it in overtime. Um, 
maybe maybe it was Friday or maybe it was Thursday against Flint because it was a loss. So it would have been Thursday against Flint. Um, there was that scrum at the end, yes, because it was the overtime win on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Geez, I'm getting all mixed up. So it was the game on Thursday. You know, Sahil Panwar, not that he got kicked out. It was the end of the game. Um, he was just escorted to the bench, to the dressing room. Well, he didn't even go right to the dressing room. I think he was one of the last players to go to the dressing room because he had stopped in the hallway just before um, they kind of have it sectioned and blocked off, that kind of yeah age-ish type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the cover uh, on the tunnel, he stopped and autographed um, a bunch of stuff for kids for like two, three minutes. And like I said, he was one of the last guys down the tunnel into the room. So um, this gets it. yeah, for, for anyone out there wondering why we always ask that question, that's why uh, yeah. stories like Barky, um, like Panwar that we saw on Thursday. It's uh, that part of the game that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, 100%. Um, I just want to mention another thing that caught my eye, Brant Clark. Brant Clark this year has 19 points in nine games this year. He's on, That's on patient for 33 games, 70 points. That's Not incredible. Bad, He's going to get defenseman of the year. <laughs> He's going to get defenseman of the year. In 33 games, 100%. If he got, if he does that, like, there's not a chance he does not get um, defenseman of the year. So that's the um, pace as of now, obviously, to keep at that rate is pretty impressive. But we'll see. Um, we will see. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty. I mean, 35 be pretty wild. Eh? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, plus 16, right? Oh, plus 12. Yeah, plus 12 on the year as well. So good start to uh, Brant Clark as he returned after the World Juniors to Barry. And um, what a player they have there. Yeah, and that's a team that we were we were looking at and wondering what they were going to end up being. And Brant Clark with that point total, it really helps, right? Um, they've kind of separated themselves from Peterborough a little bit, albeit – um, yeah. about five points there's still time to go obviously barry does have a game in hand um yeah but they but they are starting to push themselves away from the lower half of the eastern conference right they're seven and three in their last 10 um, as we speak on monday january 30th they've got a two-game win streak um, they're plus in the goal category 171 goals for 163 against 24 their 25 wins came um, in regulation or overtime. So, uh, yeah, haven't heard a whole lot about Brant Car- Clark and haven't really seen no, we have a whole lot on Twitter about kind of what he's doing, but um, he's very quietly, like you said, putting him in the conversation, you know, to be at least maybe the top five um, for defenseman of the year. I don't know about winning, but if he gets to, to that, that rate, if he gets to that rate, I don't think there's a chance he doesn't win. Yeah, um, and who is the again, best defenseman, right? Who's it down to? You got Dalmastro and Sarnia. Um, you got a fair amount of good defensemen, right? You Mintikov. There's a yeah. I think I think it's Mintikov's award to lose at this yeah. point. I think he's that front runner guy. But I mean, I could definitely see a group of him, Dalmastro, and uh, and Brant Clark in the final three um, easily. So, no, yeah. that's a good point, Colin. I agree with that. And um, then also, also. Don't sleep on Ty Nelson as well. Yeah. Ty Nelson is show gas. What a year he's having, 56 points in 46 games. So that's very sneaky, underrated, over point a game. Um, 19-year-old defenseman, pretty impressive. So uh, mm-hmm. 
props to um, Ty Nelson as well, show guest. So we had to mention that one as we were on the topic. Um, also, you mentioned Peterborough. Man, we watched Peterborough. We saw saw them Sunday as the Bulldogs were in Peterborough. It looks like one of those teams where they're so good on paper. They are so good on paper. But there's only one puck on the ice, you know? They only have one puck on the ice. And it looks like one of those teams where can they get it figured out together as a group? And you can't play hero games all the time. Because when you look at Peterborough's wins, I look at their stat sheet, you know, and this guy has a big night, that guy's a big night. But if it's a team where they can get it going at the same time, they're sneaky good. They're very good. But it just looks like a team there where it's like there's only one puck on the ice and you got to know how to play without the puck. And it'll be very interesting to see if they can do that because they have a lot of they have a lot of talent there, but they also have a lot of guys there that are so talented where they've had the puck at every team or wherever they've been, yeah. they've had the puck at all those spots. Can they play without the puck? Um, that's the question. This is the first year for a lot of that top six that you're seeing. It's the first year where they've got to play without the puck. And we saw Tucker Robertson now two years in a row. I mean, Tucker Robertson's point production is very good right now. Um, very good player, but we saw his points go up and then the Othman trade, all that happened on the second line. The second line wasn't very deep. All of a sudden they're deeper. Now the points come back up. But we talked about that a few weeks back on a show prior to the deadline about Peterborough, where we saw the production go down for some of those guys that were all of a sudden they were on that top line. Their numbers went down for who they were playing with production wise, um, playing without the puck. And now you're seeing that actually benefit for some of their points. Um, for some of their players as well post-deadline. So there's some positives and some negatives right now going on in Peterborough, but it's one of those teams where I watch them play, and it's like, man, can they do it without the puck? And it's such mm-hmm. a difference, right? It's such a difference because you grow up when you're eight years old, you're that guy, you got the puck every single time you're on the ice, you control the play, you got it. All of a sudden, you're in junior, and for most of those top six, it's your last year as a junior, um, you're not the guy with the puck, right? And it almost, in a way, looks like an all-star team. I mean, Brendan Othman, Owen Beck, Avery Hayes, like, those three guys, like, Avery Hayes is your pick to be the leading scorer. Brendan Othman's going to play for the New York Rangers next year. And Owen Beck, who, by the way, made his NHL debut on the weekend for the Montreal Canadiens, is definitely going to be in the NHL next year. So there's three players right there who are all spectacular players and who've had the puck since day one. They've controlled the puck every single time they're on the ice. It's very interesting to see how things are folding here in Peterborough. Um, I don't think it's a known thing yet, but it's one of those things where when you watch the games and when you watch Peterborough play and when you follow the league up close, you really start to see that a little bit. So it's one of those things where if you're Peterborough, you got to clean up for the playoffs. I think we're seeing that in their last 10. and Because they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 on the nose, 500 in their last 10. And I think we are kind of seeing that a little bit here um, when you watch Peterborough play. So yeah. just the one note that I had on the Peets. Yeah, and another thing too, and they pointed it out on the broadcast, they didn't realize they were that low, but um, as we're recording the show, the Peterborough Peets are 15th on the power play. And I mean, even looking at the bottom too 10. Too many options, right? Yeah, even looking at the bottom 10 in the Ontario Hockey League, you get to look at the teams um, that are below um, the top 10 North Bay battalion are 11th uh, London Knights are 14th. As I mentioned, Peterborough's 15 Sarnia 16. And I mean, not that Flint's really going for it as they kind of told us what they were doing by trading Brendan Othman. Um, they're in that 18 spot. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if it's just all the firepower for the Pete's calling. There's too um, many options. You see it all the time, right? And I and I know on uh, on Sunday against Hamilton, they went six on four late. I think there was about just under three minutes left. They go yeah, six three, on four with five minutes. forwards six, and Gavin eight, White being the only defenseman. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, not that that's a bad thing. You're down by, I guess it was two at the time. Uh, Bulldogs mm. would be, would have been up six four because yeah, they scored four. the empty netter to make it seven four. Um, you know, I fully understand that. It makes sense. You put five forwards on the ice. You still have one defenseman there. You you should be good to go, right? Yeah. But it's that it, it's a star studded lineup that you yeah. have too many options, and it's almost as if you're you're in between who you want to, you know, shoot. It's as if they don't have it figured out yet. Yeah, you're you're in between. Just... Who do who do we? set this play up for to shoot who do we set this play up for to maybe get that one timer off you're kind of in between wondering what do we do we have too many options and not that that's a bad thing of course but you're wondering what exactly you are going to draw up for the perfect play for the perfect power play because you made these trades it's it's very hard if you're looking at next year saying next three years get out of the second round um, this year, that's when you and, trade Nick Lardis. Yeah, yeah, Van Volsen as well. Yeah, Van Gone Volsen to Mississauga. Um, you, it, a lot of questions. Are like, okay, what the heck went wrong? And I, I'm still a firm believer in you have too many stars. I am a firm believer in that. Yeah, Ontario Hockey League. Um, are we seeing this? Tough to tell until we get to the playoffs. Yeah, but it's kind of oh. developing that way with what we've seen with the power play. Um, you know, being a 500 team and expecting to be that, you know, go for it squad that's supposed to catch Ottawa and North Bay. Although I think that's well, Barry. I don't think they catch but, Barry. Yeah, Barry Colts are starting to roll. Very sneaky, good. Barry's uh, Barry's not quote unquote the sexy team, but if they're the team that plays the right way and their coaching staff with Marty Williams, and you know you're going to play the right way, yeah. and that's never an easy out. That's why I think you got to have a lot of respect on the name for the Barry Colts at this time of the year. Um, winners of their last two as well, and seventeen or seven and three in their last ten, as well for the Barry Colts. So that's a team there where you really can't sleep on them. They're not the team that everyone talks about the bright lights, but it's a team that is very good when you watch them play. It's not an easy, it's not an easy team to beat. And um, since the deadline, by the way, um, Avery Hayes has ten points in eight games, five goals, five assists. Um, Nick Lardis, fifteen points in nine games for the Bulldogs. So Nick Lard is sneaky, very, very good season um, since coming over the deadline to the Bulldogs. Um, what a goal he scored on Saturday against the Ottawa 67s, possibly the goal of the year with the shot. Um, yeah. And I was talking to you recently in the press box about it, and it reminds me of Austin Matthews, the release, how when Austin Matthews gets that puck in on his feet and really snaps that puck off, um, Nick Lard is the exact same way. They like to do that toe drag and really snap it up to the far parts of the net over the glove side for a left-handed catcher, blocker side for the right-handed uh, catcher of the net. Um, but what a shot Nick Lardis has, and we might as well get to the prospects game because uh, you had a big tweet about that with the stats yeah. and the OHLers having a massive there, there is a couple of things I want to get to before we get to that. I just had okay. a couple of things I wanted to mention. Um, they're very unfortunate that I got to mention them, but I feel like I, I feel like we got to at least recognize one of these people. Um, we'll, we'll do both of course, because they're both icons in the hockey world. Um, we'll start in Mrs. Saga, uh, Hazel McCallion. Um, 
unfortunately passed away at the age of 101. And I've got the article pulled up here. If you want to go read the full thing, um, OntarioHockeyLeague.com is where it is. Um, of course, Hazel, she was the mayor of Mississauga from 1978 until 2014. And a very big part of why Mississauga has OHL hockey there. Um, I'll just read this quote here from David Branch. He says, she played an important role in bringing the OHL to Mississauga and continued providing tremendous support to the Ice Dogs, Majors, uh, and Steelheads throughout her lengthy tenure as mayor and beyond. Um, yeah, the Mississauga Steelheads have one of the best facilities in the Ontario Hockey League. They yeah, hosted yeah. the Memorial Cup in 2011, uh, the biggest event, of course, on the uh, CHL calendar. So, um, no, it's very unfortunate. I mean, it's tough to argue with the run that she went on uh, as mayor of Mississauga. <laughs> but uh, Tough to do. Yeah, that's tough for the entire entire city of Mississauga. And, uh, um, yeah, she'll be missed for sure, especially – uh, at the Paramount Fine Food Center with the Mississauga Steelheads organization. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, on Monday, we heard uh, Bobby Hull um, passed away, one of the best all-time uh, in the National yeah. Hockey League, Stanley Cup champion, Hockey Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, the Golden Jet. Uh, not that we were even remotely close to being alive uh, yeah. to watch this guy play, not not even a little bit. Um, I saw I saw a pretty cool uh, stuff feature. you read in here. Yeah, yeah, and you see the black and from white. Your uh, you see the black and white highlights with him, and you know that means he was really old. Um, not that that's a joke or anything, but I mean, I mean, there's a original six team whose Stanley Cup photo was in black and white the last time, <laughs> so uh, that means it's pretty old. But uh, um, yeah, I saw a cool story on CTV Kitchener um, at six o'clock on Monday, I guess it was um about you know his ties to the waterloo region i mean he didn't wasn't a part of the kitchener rangers or anything but uh he did play end up playing junior hockey in hespler um and then played just a handful of games with the galt blackhawks at the oldest uh oldest arena in the world galt memorial garden so um yeah i just wanted to shout that out because he's got local ties to us um so that's pretty cool i uh, just wanted to mention that uh you know, also a member of the St. Catharines Teepees. He played in two OHA seasons, uh, 1955 to 57. And then, of course, landing with the Chicago Blackhawks. All right. To the top prospects game. And, yes, that's uh, – I don't know. We could name that stat of the week if you want to. Um, that would be yeah. great. Um, I'd be in for that. Uh, seven. Yeah, no, absolutely. Seven guys – or seven points, I should say uh, – recorded – by OHLers in the top prospects game. All four goals for Team White scored by OHLers. And just all in all, they put on a show. A lot of people were yeah. there to see Connor Bedard, and I think that's rightfully so. It was kind of like that for Shane Wright in the Ontario Hockey League yeah. and the Canadian Hockey League last year, Bedard this year. Um, but the OHLers did steal the show, and they led Team White um, mm -hmm. to a nice victory in this game. Yeah. My guy Oliver Bonk as well having a big game, so that was nice to yes. see. Um, that was right yeah, on. Yeah, that's your guy that. this year, eh? You, right. you have a new defenseman every year. Every year, yeah, yeah, he's my guy. All these people that keep sleeping on Oliver Bonk, and here I go on my weekly rant again about Oliver Bonk. But all these people that keep uh, sleeping on him, I mean, look at him, look at the success. Um, I saw a scouting report on Oliver Bonk say that he was clumsy. Um, look at just watch him play. Evan Bouchard wasn't the prettiest of players either. 
But look at the points. Look how good he was. Evan Bouchard, and to me, played the game in a rocking chair. And that's how you want to play the game as a defenseman, in a rocking chair. You don't want to go out of your way. Just let the game come to you. It really never looked like whenever Bouchard played in London, it looked like the game never went out of his reach. Stayed within his stick, stayed within his reach, um, made the plays he had to make so calmly, so smoothly, so effortlessly. Uh, um, Oliver Bonk just plays that game so smoothly. Um, I don't know how he's not the best defenseman in the draft this year out of the OHL. Uh, I cannot – I mean, I love Cam Allen's game, but in my opinion, Oliver Bonk's passed him this year throughout the summer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what a player. What a player. And it's one of those things as well where maybe if Oliver Bonk, maybe he's not the hurtiest of players in the draft of the OHL for some of these people um, because for some odd reason, I don't agree with that. But, hey, I agree to disagree. But I, I love that. He never um, last year playing in the GOJHL with St. Thomas, getting that opportunity to play a lot of minutes, and then this year come up and be the guy so smoothly. Um, you saw why you saw why the London Knights would not ever trade him. Um, first off, I mean you saw that, and uh, even for player. Wright who missed this past weekend with an injury. Yeah, yeah, so. that would have been the worst trade of the season. To yeah. be honest, that's how against I would be of trading Oliver Bonk in that deal, if that were to happen. I mean, I believe that deal was a sham period of happening. Um, mm-hmm. That's not even – like, why would that even happen? When, just look at that realistically. If it, You don't even have to be in media. You don't even have to be anything with a team. Just look at that as a fan. As a fan, would you really trade that for three months? Like, are you really going to trade a guy that's going to play in the OHL for another two years after this? And, and be, be a star, top defenseman. Yeah, yeah Oliver Bong's going to be a top three defenseman next year in the OHL. Like he's not going away. Two years from now, he's going to be the best. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, as much as 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 pretty as these deals look for these top guys, like you talk about McTavish, um, you know, in years past, you think of the big Jason Robertson deal. Um, as pretty as they look, and as awesome as it would be, there's a de- there there's a are players that are untouchable. That yeah. is still a thing, and Bonk well, is no exception. Well, remember the uh, remember the Akil Thomas deal with Niagara to Peterborough. There was a lot of talks there about the players. I mean, there was a lot of untouchable still on the Peterborough side that year, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you would never expect Mace McTavish to get in that deal, but there were some very good players that were reported that Niagara had interest in. Um, from pretty reliable sources. I mean, we're talking about guys like Jeff Merrick um, who've been pretty accurate on deals. So it's just one of those things where, yeah, players have control. Agents have control. Every, they have control. Parents sometimes. Yeah, parents. Um, parents have a lot of control. Parents literally. They have more control than people think, I can tell there, you that. There's a lot of – yeah, there is a lot of talk. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes about parents. It's hard to believe you would never expect that, but it is. And I guess it's only going to get worse because there's a lot more entitlement. I would feel it in the minor hockey level. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, um, quickly back to the top prospects game before we hit the break yeah. here. Um, just want to run through the scoring just to kind of highlight those seven points recorded uh, by OHLers. Yeah. Uh, Colby Barlow. Got Team White on the board. That tied the game 1-1, 625 mark of the first period. A power play goal as well. Um, Carson Raykop made it 2-1, 353 into the third period. Callum Ritchie had an assist on that goal. 
Luca Pinelli, show guest, not a big deal. Um, eventually be the game winner, uh, 13-20 into the third period. And then Callum Ritchie would add the insurance marker into the empty net, Carson Raykoff, uh, with the assist on that one, 16-30 the time of that goal. And then to cap off the scoring summary, um, very late 36 seconds left in the game nick lardis would assist on zach benson's goal which would make it a 4-2 hockey game and there are your seven points from ohlers in this game and you know the calling there's always talk that yeah w- which is the strongest league in canada you know the west is tough a lot of people overlook that sometimes you have to go from manitoba to washington travel um you know, not very often, of course, obviously, but, um, you know, that long travel for sure um, does affect you quite a bit. I mean, Quebec, you've got all the maritime teams as well as as uh, as Quebec. So there's that. Ontario isn't as bad unless you're going from like Erie to Sault Ste. Marie. Um, that's not a very good it, trip. We usually but, do a pretty uh, good job with the trips. The CHL in general usually does a pretty good job in making it road trips. You don't have many bad yeah. one-offs. Um it's not all in all. It's really not as bad as you think. I mean, a lot of the coaches you hear the quote all their kids, but it's it is tough. That's for sure. Yeah. So I think this this game kind of showed the talent and skill level that the OHL is going to present in this year's NHL draft. And I mean, whether you got on the score sheet or not, Oliver Bonk did not get on the score sheet, but he was um, one of the best, if not the best, defenseman on the ice. So. Yeah, I'd say this is a huge win for the OHL, huge win for um, NHL prospects from the Ontario Hockey League. And, um, yeah, bragging yeah. rights maybe to yeah, show the very, rest of the country how good they are. Yeah, very true. And the game is more – it's more than just a game as well, the top prospects game. The top prospects, 48 hours, I guess you could call it, because yep. you know and I was testing the day before. Nick Lardis of the Hamilton Bulldogs finished with the best overall testing Um which is very impressive as well. So an OHLer, Denver Barkey had a big uh, test um, on ice testing as well. So um, mention those guys quickly and uh, yeah, very good week. Very good um, showing at the top prospects game and um, very good event. I love the top prospects game event. I yeah, think so it's, I. it's such a fun event um, going last year in Kitchener, witnessing it and seeing all this stuff that goes on behind the scenes. It's so, it's so fun. Um, really like this event. And it's not an all-star game. It really isn't. Um, it I've, Obviously, the number one pick is there. They're going to get the credit. They're going to get all the lights, as you mentioned, but, and you expect that. But it really – it's just the depth around it. You notice so many guys. Um, Kevin Korczynski really stands out to me last year getting drafted in that first round by Chicago playing on Team Canada. He really stood out to me at the top prospects game. I really liked his game. And then all of a sudden you see him get drafted and he's on Team Canada. Um, you really get to notice the guys you don't think about, you don't know about from other leagues. He's a very good hockey player um, and uh, very exciting, very exciting event. Whenever it comes to Ontario, I highly suggest um, you go to that event because it's mm-hmm. so good. Um, it's such a fun event. And you see a lot of scouts, you see a lot of front office members around NHL teams. They're all there. Colin um, Ward was starstruck last year. <laughs> Mr. Steve Eisenman, I had to, you have to be, I mean, being Red Wing fans, where you see me, you see you meet Steve Eiserman. That's like that's your idol. Um, that, that that was like I grew me up. meeting Gordy Howe on his birthday at my first NHL game. Yeah, I grew up like you know, like we grew up to Steve Eiserman. Like we grew up to him. I mean, 
the goal against St. Louis. Like I was born, I was born a week before on the Stanley cup in 98. Like it was so cool. Like a week into being born and the Red Wings are Stanley cup champions. And the Denver Broncos won the super bowl that year too. So pretty lucky, but um, it's just um, very cool. A very cool event to go to. And I highly suggest you do that. Um, for you listeners, if you, uh, next time it comes to Ontario, please go to the game because it's very entertaining. It's not an all-star game. It's a, it's honestly an event that you'll remember for the rest of your life uh, that mm-hmm. you went to. It's such a good event. Um, the chance in the crowd, it honestly, it reminded me of a world junior game. It really did. It reminded me of a world junior game. Right it, was, it was very good. I loved it. I uh, also like to mention Charlie Robertson in this game uh, came in, uh, played about 27 minutes yeah. in the game, um, stopped 11 of 13. So uh, good showing for him. And uh, yeah, to all of these guys in this game, nothing but the best. Uh, to them especially when it comes to uh, the draft this summer all right time for a break when we come back we didn't exactly hit 60 minutes like we did last week all in one segment but uh, we're closing in on the 50 minute mark when we come back players of the week power rankings as well as this week's featured game all coming up next here on the ohl and 60 podcast Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you check out all of our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL and 60 podcast. Um, you can get the link tree there, link to our website and every platform uh, that you listen to the show on your favorite platform uh, for listening to podcasts. Of course, every Monday, the weekend wrap up, Nick Sakellis has you covered um, on our website. So make sure you go check that out. Um, it's always a good read um, to start your week and to kind of put a wrap on the weekend that was. So find the link tree. The link is in there for the just for the website at the OHL in 60 podcast. Goaltender of the week, Jacob Oster of the Oshawa Generals. Back-to-back shutouts. Can't say that very often. Stopped no. all 49 shots that he saw. And Oshawa beat Kingston as well as North Bay. Um Oster's first career shutout was that Friday night game in Kingston. All 19 shots were stopped. So shout out to that first career OHL shutout. And then he gets his second career OHL shutout. So so good for Jacob Oster, winning goaltender of the week. Player of the week. I think this is pretty – this was expected. See, Hill Panwar, the Hamilton Bulldogs. Four goals, five assists, nine points in three games, uh, as well as a plus three. This included so happy for Yes. Yeah, this is uh Bulldogs go two and one this past weekend with wins over Ottawa and Peterborough. Um, so those are big uh, for sure. Sahil Panwar, very huge part of that. Pair of goals and an assist in that 5-4 overtime win against the Ottawa 67s. Um, as well, you got first star, uh, in that game as well on Sunday, um, five points, two goals, three helpers, Bulldogs defeated the Peets seven to four. Uh, that ninth point came as an assist and the only goal for the Bulldogs, a five, one loss to Flint on Thursday. Yeah. I'm so happy for Seal Panmore for that success. Um, you talk about a career where you really haven't had a lot of luck, right. In the places you go, um, such a passion, 
passionate game there too on Sunday in Peterborough. You see the goal, the first goal being scored in the Jersey show. He's a bulldog and Avery Hayes scores. He does the Jersey thing. Um, just a game within the game. And then CL Panwar gets the last laugh after that. But um, talk about, you got to be proud of Sahil for this, um, for all he's overcame in his career. I mean, uh, the luck, right. And he, you know, he's such a positive guy. He's such a good guy being around the Bulldogs and stuff you hear, um, stuff you see, such a good guy to have around. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where the coach, the Bulldogs, Jay McKee, wishes, you know, you got a year younger. You wish he was in, you wish he was in 03. You wish he was a 2003 born player so you can have him back next year because he's such a big part of that team. And, you know, he comes up in the league in London. They're a star studded team, doesn't play a lot, ships out to Flint. Flint, he was one game away from playing in the OHL championship last year against the Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, not getting the opportunity and gets traded to Peterborough. Peterborough wants to play in an OHL final. They want to be the team to play in an OHL final. Um, full on build there. I think they built a little bit too early there with the OAs. And um he was the odd man out in the Hayes White deal. So that's tough. That's a tough spot. And he could have came to Hamilton and been in that spot where it's like, I'm going to a team that's in a transition, right? I'm gonna play with a 17-year-old mm-hmm. and an 18-year-old on the top line. I don't want to be that guy to carry the weight, you know. I don't want to do that. And that's the total opposite of what you are seeing. Um in Seahill Panwar's game, you're seeing leadership. You're seeing a guy that's gonna that's worn a letter through games. The Bulldogs are rotating letters, by the way. Um, if you watch the Bulldogs, you're gonna see a bunch of different letters each game. They're um, it doesn't even matter with the jersey. They're just rotating uh, cap, alternate captains and captains for that matter. Lawson Shirk will keep his normal A, but everything else will move. You'll see Artem Grushnikov wear one. You'll see Lucas Moore wear one. You'll see Sahil Panwar, Ranvier Gilshane. Saw Nick Lardis wear yeah, one. Yeah, Nick Lardis on Sunday. Yeah. Um, give him the A going back to Peterborough. Him and Panwar getting letters going back to mm-hmm. Peterborough. I think it was a little bit of an in-house um, situation there with the, after the trade. Jamie Key, knowing where they are going, returning, give him the A. Um, props to Jay for that move. But uh, Sahil Panwar has been very good in Hamilton. Um, very good pickup there by Matt Turk. And it's possibly saved the season. Um, I would say right now, looking at it this week, Bulldogs are in a good spot to make the playoffs. Obviously, it's not safe. It's not uh, not written in stone, but um, there's a good chance they stay on this trend that they'll make the playoffs. So Safe enough that they won't finish in 10th. Yeah, no, that's clinched. <laughs> uh, that's clinched. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the utmost respect, it is clinched there. But, uh, yeah, very good. Uh, very proud of Sahil and for what he's overcame. Um, mm-hmm. congrats to heel and very, very, very well deserved for sure. <clears throat> All right, the power rankings this week, Colin. Any yeah. teams drop, any teams move up. I see Who's number same. five. I see exact same. The only sound attack, you know, you're seven and three in your last 10, um, winning two games in a row. They've been a good, they've been very good. They were fifth last week. They're going to remain fifth again this week. Yeah. Uh, five for me this week, the Barry Colts, uh, nice. two in a row, seven. Of their last 10 are wins. They have 25 victories on the season, 44 games played. Uh, again, very tall task that they're going to catch North Bay or Ottawa. Um, but, yeah, I like the run Barry is on, and I think Brant Clark has a lot to do with that, and we talked about Absolutely. him earlier on in the show. Uh, so they are number five for me. Uh, number four, Colin. Four for me, a lot of nights. They've won two games in a row. They had a massive game. They had a massive win against the Ottawa 67s on Friday night in the shootout. Um, 
if not for Zach Bowen, um, the game is probably an Ottawa win. And yeah. it probably knocks London out of my top five and moves Barry in probably to five and puts Owen Sound at four because Owen Sound winning four games in a row and Barry the streak third on Sarnia as well, winning four games in a row. Um, very impressive. But the London Knights uh, get, winning their last two, five and five in their last ten isn't the greatest for a team in the top five. But overall, London's a pretty good team. And um, they still didn't do enough to drop after their, two, after their bounce back uh, mm-hmm. double, uh, double dose and getting points in their all three games on the East trip as well. Yeah, very, very good trip. Yeah, I agree. London's at four for me as well. Um, yeah, it's they've they've got thirty wins on the year, um, a game in hand on Windsor for first in the Western Conference, and they are the second or they've given up the second fewest goals in the Ontario Hockey League, one hundred and twenty nine. Uh, then they are behind the Ottawa Sixty Sevens, who have only given up one hundred and twelve. So. Um, big strength of their game is keeping the puck out of the net. We talked about Absolutely. Bowen. Um, we know what brochure is about. So, uh, yeah, they're number four for me as well. Um, Colin, number three. Yeah, three for me. I'm going with the Ottawa 67s. Five, three, one, and one in their last 10. Um, North Bay, in my opinion, is going to win the Eastern Conference. I've said that since the trade deadline. Um, North Bay, a very good team. I've lo- I love their depth. Um, I think they're deeper than Ottawa, even though Ottawa is pretty deep. I still think they're deeper, and um, I'm going North Bay. Tough loss, though, to Oshawa though, on the weekend for North yeah. Bay, but I'm still going with uh, North Bay in the east. Ottawa is my third team. Yeah, I, I'm with you there as well, Colin. I, I was kind of debating that, whether or not it'd be the Windsor Spitfires or Ottawa 67s, um, yeah. but, it, but it is the Ottawa 67s. I, like I mean, I'm – as, as hard as Hamilton worked in that game, um, as much as Hamilton deserved to win the game on Saturday, yeah. um, Ottawa's got to beat Hamilton. Um, if they want to stay ahead of North Bay, that's a game they have to win. Yeah. Um, well, Hamilton so might just match three. up well against them. That's one thing that's a good debate, right? Hamilton might just match up well against Ottawa. Hamilton's 3-1 and one on the year against the Ottawa 67s. They might just match up well. And I know that's a team Ottawa does not want to play in the playoffs. Yeah. For sure. Number two. I think this is an obvious one. Yeah, number two for me, Windsor Spitfires. Nothing changed from last week in my top five. It's the exact same order. Um, Windsor, seven seven and three in their last ten. Windsor, in my opinion, with even without Shane Wright on the weekend, I still think they're the better team in the Western Conference over the London Knights. Uh, I like Windsor. I really do. And um, – I'm excited to see what Windsor can do in this playoff run because I think there's a big redemption story there. I think there's going to be a lot of talks about Mark Savard getting an NHL coaching job this offseason. I think if he goes back to an OHL championship, it's over. He's he is in yeah. he's in a, he's in a pro coaching job if he goes to the OHL championship back to back years. Um, and that Windsor actually gets better a year. I'm gonna after say you lose season. Johnson and Cooley, and they still get better. Yeah, plus Rebo's. You know, there were two guys that were very good in the system as well. Yeah. Um, Trade Bride, trade O'Flaherty, trade some good, pretty good players there, um, and you're still a good hockey team. So yeah. excited for that to see what they can do. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think there's anything else that I need to to explain about the Spitfires. You kind of nailed it there. Um, and then North Bay number one for both of us this yeah. week. Yeah, I mean we we talked about the chance that they had to possibly pass Ottawa. Uh, this weekend, it did not happen. They still remain two points behind the 67. 67 still uh, with a game in hand, but uh, um, the way it's trending, uh, I agree with you. I think the North Bay Battalion will be that number one team in the Eastern Conference and in the OHL 
uh, when the season comes to an end. Um, they're just an all around good team. They're, they've got depth. Um, they're good right up and down the lineup. They've got great goaltending. Um, they're just fun to watch, right? It's, you know, I mean, it, it helps that we had Ty Nelson on the show. We, we enjoy watching him. We know what he brings yeah. to the table. He's That's just a great that was so close as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just a great guy off the ice. And I mean, we, we were in Guelph for the featured game between the battalion and storm and, you know, up in the press box, not that it's far away. It is actually fairly close to the ice, which we enjoy. Uh, we heard a lot of Ty Nelson on the ice, and uh, that's just what the battalion are. They talk to each other a lot. They have really good communication in their own end, in the ozone, in the neutral zone, wherever it is. Um, they're just good up and down, and I think they'll be the number one team when it when it's all said and done, Wardy, and I think you're in agreement with me. Oh, absolutely. I have had them since the, before the deadline. I, I really like this team. I like their coaching staff. Um I like their front office. Adam Dennis makes the right moves. He makes the smart moves. He makes the efficient moves. That's why they're a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, very good coaching staff as well. Last year, this is another team that was so close to going to that OHL finals until they ran into a buzzsaw in the Hamilton Bulldogs. Yeah. I like that buzzsaw. That's good. Yeah. Say you're from <laughs> Delhi without saying you're from Delhi, basically. Yeah. Be yeah. Delhi, Ontario. Yeah, and by exactly. the way, by the way, there is structure going up to the AW today. I drove by it. Oh, geez. Do they have structure. a sign yet? No, no. No, sign? Right. no, but there will be some family pictures probably being taken by the AW sign around the, the Delhi Ontario, the citizens of Delhi. Um, unfortunately, uh, probably on the sign we'll have home of AW, Merrick Vanacker, and then the OHL at 60 podcast. We got to have yeah. that on the sign. Welcome to Delhi. Absolutely. Like, we're like, Basically, the global ambassador of the Delhi Ontario, like basically. And by the way, a couple of weeks back, we had a yellow dot of traffic, so that made my day. Um, <laughs> where I was, but ah, no, I was in. I was at my girlfriend's house, and we were looking at the. And I was on map. I was on my maps, like you know when you go on your maps to put your GPS on yeah. your phone. So I went on. And I saw Del- Delhi popped up because I w- haven't been on, so I haven't updated it right. So it's at my previous location, and I see a yellow dot in Delhi. That just did big it. day. That's absolutely yeah. that made my week. I'm still talking about it two weeks later. So uh, we're on the map. We have traffic. Um, we have four stoplights. Delhi is booming. We're booming. Everyone's booming. Let's have a day. There you go. Feature game. We're back. Yeah, featured game. Battle of Michigan. The I-75 divide. Um, Flint Firebirds, Saginaw Spirit, it's going to go down. 7.05 on Wednesday, February 1st. Nice way to kick off uh, the month of February. Yes. Always always enjoyable, Colin. And, I mean, we just watched Flint um, take it to Hamilton and be very impressive for all 60 minutes um, in that game. And I think the biggest, biggest matchup we're going to look at for this one, two guys that are leading their teams – in points, Amadeus Lombardi uh, with the Flint Firebirds, 23 goals, 28 assists, 51 points on the season. On the other side for the Saginaw Spirit, Michael Misa, 20 goals, 25 assists, 45 points on the year. If we had a matchup to pick, it'd be that. Oh, 100%, especially where they are in the standings, as you mentioned, right? Fifth and sixth in the standings. Um, this game means a lot for Flint. Flint needs to be desperate. Um, big road game. Uh, you always look forward to these games. I really love the atmosphere in both these venues. It doesn't matter where it is. This one being in Saginaw at the Dell Event Center. Um, what an arena. 
what like what venues i am so excited for this i really like these games it's such a fun game to watch it's a fun game to consume right if you're an ohl consumer you're watching games this is a game you always tune into and especially being a midweek game you love it when these two match up at this time of the year midweek because there's not a lot of games it's one of those games where you look at the timing right first of february february 1st the weather might not be good we're not going to send a team there for a long trip in february on a weeknight because of the snow or school perfect game for perfect time for these two teams to play. I am very excited uh, for this game. And these two teams will come into this contest back to back in the Western conference standing Saginaw spirit. They are in fifth place, 24, 18 and two. They have 50 points on the season. Of course, that is 44 games played. Flint firebirds have played a couple more. They've played 46 games. They are 22, 21, 2, and 1. They have 47 points this season. Um, biggest difference, of course, and I mean, goal, goal differential is not huge. Uh, not a huge gap. Uh, Saginaw is plus 9. Flint is minus 2. Uh, but Flint has scored quite a few more goals. They've scored 23 more goals uh, than the Saginaw Spirit have. But they have given up. 34 more and Flint will be coming into this game looking to snap a two game losing streak, which has nothing on the Saginaw spirit. who are looking to snap an eight game losing streak. They're one and nine in their last ten. deadline. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. You can you really see, see the full effect of the deadline. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and they weren't expected to be where they were at the start of the year. Anyways, honestly, not a lot of people yeah. behind the scenes, including myself, did not pick Saginaw to be where they were. I really like Saginaw. I like Saginaw's roster. I think they'll be the best team next year out of the Mem Cup host, them in Kingston, um, which we talked about last on last week's show. We both, I think, believe it's down to those two teams to host the Mem Cup. Yeah. Um, it has to be. And by the way, the bid, the meetings that will be taking place like now, like any time the meetings are being currently going. So we'll probably hear an announcement within the next month before March. We will hear an announcement. So that'll be exciting to see as well as we get closer to Memorial Cup of 2024 next season as it is back in Ontario. Finally, back Thank in Ontario. Lord. Yeah. yeah, I am so excited. We should have been compensated. That's a joke. Should have yeah, been compensated. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, that kind of made it worse from the team that had five weeks off, and I'm not going to get into that. Got eliminated in the first round. Yeah. yeah. Second. But either way, it's tough. The first round, wasn't it? I'll look. Um, I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Five Any- weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. Usually the second. Yeah. Anyways, I'll wrap things up here. Colin Ward will tell us what round the St. John Sea Dogs got eliminated in. <laughs> uh, Flint Firebird, Saginaw Spirit. <laughs> Dow Event Center. 705 puck drop February 1st. Uh, should be a good one for the I-75 Divide Cup. Which, by the way, shout out to the person who designed that logo because it's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, 3-2 in the first. I forgot it's a first, and then how their uh, playoff works. Yeah, th- they lost in fought. They lost in uh, five game or yeah, three two. They lost in the first round of Ramuski. Yeah, I don't like that. Best of five. That's yeah, I mean either. It's a little stupid. Oh, well. Not a fan. No big deal. Five All weeks right. off. Yes, that'll do it. We're only gonna have one week off though until we're until we're back on the mic though. Um, for everyone that tuned in, thanks so much for listening. We always appreciate it. Week in week out, um, it's always a good chat catching up on all things OHL and until next week, have a good week. Enjoy all of the action that the OHL has to offer. And we will chat again in seven days.